Daily Dribble. Welcome back to the Daily Dribble Podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet, here recording on a very brisk Saturday morning on the 31st of July, up and about other after another, well, what's been a huge week, even though the basketball action has stopped, the action has been flowing thick and fast, and here to break it all down with me today is Mr. Liam Hancock. What's going on, guys? Liam here, coming at you from behind the mic today, so... <laughs> the man behind the behind the curtain. <laughs> so, You're like the Wizard of Oz, aren't you? Behind, the, behind the curtain. The voice will be a bit more projecting today, you could say, so we'll see how that goes. Mm. Love that from you. Also joining us, Mr. Roy Hancock. Yeah, how are we? It's um, It has been a huge week, hasn't it? And it always is after the NBA season comes to a close, all these trades and obviously the draft and... Can't wait to get into it all. It's been a huge week, as we were saying. So the plan for today is to break down a couple of quick odds and ends, not too much going on from around the league, uh, then delve into well, what's been kind of quite a fast and furious start to the trade action. Mm. So there's been a few big and notable trades to break down there that we'll discuss. And then we'll break down some winners and losers from the NBA draft. It was an absolutely stellar night last night um, with quite a few exciting uh, exciting players going to exciting what do I say? Exciting people going to exciting <laughs> places. Let's try that again. Um, yep. So certainly looking forward to discussing that with you lads. Before we get into it, though, guys, a big thank you to our major sponsors at Intersport Hobart. Mm. Um, again, we're bringing in more and more basketball gear, new shoes, new merchandise, new everything. It's really um, becoming a one-stop shop for all your basketball needs. And you seem to be the poster boy, Nick. Oh, I'm something of the poster boy. I don't know. Say. Don't know if anyone saw out there throughout the week. We posted a story. Intersport have got a new commercial, and who was headlining that commercial, Nick? For the if you put the stop stopwatch on, I think I was gracing the screen for all of about half a second. <laughs> But is, you can still add it to your IMDb profile. So. Absolutely. LinkedIn yeah. uh, update as well coming in soon. Good stuff. Um, so, yeah, guys, be sure to check out the team there. Big things happening as well. Continue to stay up to date with all of our socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, for when all the latest news from both the NBA and NBL breaks. Let's get into some odds and ends. Now, Lee, this one's for you. Go ahead. Following from what I mentioned last week, Leangelo Ball is set to play Summer League for the Hornets. Set yeah. to suit up. How do we feel now? Do you feel more um, confident in my statement that we'll see all three ball brothers together? Maybe, but then it's the summer league because you look on Instagram and you see Leandro Ball or Jello Ball is going to the Hornets and then write down in the little captions, even in the comments somewhere, they put in the summer league, Hmm. not in the actual NBA. It's all about getting that headline, isn't it? That's that's a start. That's a start. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that one plays out. Just quickly with that one, do you reckon that's a token pick more than anything? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because he would not be getting a gig in the summer league if he didn't have that name behind him. If he didn't have that ball name, I think he's a bit lucky there. And I don't know if he will actually make the NBA... On his current, you know, level of play. No. He needs to improve a hell of a lot, I would have thought. All you need, though, is one or two big games, don't you? Once you've got yep. that little break, which he's been given here. It's like Taylor Horton Tucker. He was there, wasn't he? And Absolutely. He's, and he's made his break. So Absolutely. And knows? he's now almost an untouchable with the <laughs> Lakers, as we, um, we might discuss a little mm. bit later yep. in the show. Um, other reports have now come out suggest or not suggesting that are stating that the 76ers have been unable to make contact with Ben Simmons <laughs> since the season's end. Mm. Now, the question here for you guys, do you think it's 100% no chance that we see him suit up in Philly next season or do you believe there's still a chance mm. we'll see him uh, 
nothing's 100% in the NBA ever. Nothing's 100% mm. in life in general. Oh, quite um, that. Bookmark this <laughs> little. But, but I think it's more than likely that he will um, part ways with, with Philadelphia. I heard it might have been probably 24 hours ago. It, it was said that he was going to be traded within the within 48 hours, yeah. I think. Yep. It hasn't happened yet, but I think it's soon coming. It's all based off, I guess, what you believe in the media. I guess if what the media have said is true, then the relationship between Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers is probably unsalvageable at this point. How can he? Re- how could he return to Philly, particularly after that playoff series? I, I just don't see it happening. I just find it quite amusing that even though, like he was, he is largely to blame for their shortcomings. Um, that one moment in particular where he, he gave up that open open jam yeah. and dished it off. I think it was to. Can't remember who it was to shake me up, yeah, or someone of yeah. the kind. Um, with and there was about three minutes forty to go, I believe. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. I remember. Yeah. But they're um like that. They're blaming that one moment for their whole whole failures. It's yeah. quite yeah. quite amusing that um it's all coming back on that moment. Do you think he is copying too much flack? Like he hasn't always been like this was a bad playoff run from him, obviously. But like in the Sixers uniform, they you know they no, failed. I, but he's yeah. still a great player. Yeah, I th- I think though people are getting sick and tired of yeah. his those offensive shortcomings because it has been so profound for so long now um, that they've kind of he's used his three strikes and it's out. Excuse the basketball oh, metaphor. Uh, <laughs> I just don't think if you're a guard in today's NBA and you can't shoot and yeah. you don't have a jump shot, um, it, you find it quite difficult to um, maintain your NBA career and maintain your fans throughout the course of your NBA career because it's such an important part. And it's disappointing because every other aspect of his game is, you know, phenomenal. Um, but it's just that jump shot which is a major downside to his game. So I reckon we can expect to see him elsewhere going forward. Really, it seems as if the only option for him is because they've got Joel Embiid, it's competent from three, but he, he, they almost need to play, if he was to move elsewhere, play as a small ball five mm-hmm. and just put four shooters around him. Yeah. Like, l- let him just clog the paint. But you need to put really capable shooters around him. Yep. Um, yep. I don't think you can have him and another big on the court at the same time because his lack of shooting is just mm-hmm. it's just can't be overstated enough. Yep, absolutely. I'll go. Um, the Jazz are preparing to offer Mike Conley a three-year, $75 million deal to bring him back to Utah. That's a lot of money for Iron Mike, isn't it? It is. He was already on a massive contract, yeah. wasn't he, the last few years? You remember he got given that enormous contract, and at the time people were saying, geez, he's been paid overs here, hasn't he? But um, another big Fair contract. Fair play if he can get it, but it's, uh, he, he looked good when he was healthy. He certainly he made a difference. He missed quite a bit of time, but he he certainly was a, a point of difference when he was uh, yep. fit, and, fit and thriving. He's one of those players that... Um, they're they're not too exciting to watch. Then they're, they're not too flashy, but his plus minus is through, like it's not through, through the, roof. the roof. But it's a good plus minus. Yeah. He's valuable to any team he's on. Is it is it twenty five million dollars a season? Almost. Good enough? Is he what veteran now? Almost. He, what is he thirty oh, yeah. two? Yeah. Yeah. And he's got that veteran IQ. I think it's valuable him coming back to you. If they've got the money to do it, then yeah, why not? Because he's the type of player who you could see you know, contributing towards a championship. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. I think Good on him. I hope he gets his money. Um, bit of a fun one, but also a bit of a confusing one that I saw throughout the week. Did you see LeBron will be playing his son's former yeah. high school teammates? Yeah, I saw that. I don't know. What, what is this? Like an exhibition match or, I or something? I didn't see this. No, they're just in the league now, I think. 
They've oh, got drafted. okay, yeah, draft in the league players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I miss I misread that headline massively. <laughs> How did I you misread that. I, I thought oh, give us when, the, give us the headline. When I saw that, it said LeBron will be playing Bronny's former high school teammates. I thought, without looking into it too much, this is why it always pays to do a bit more research into these kind of things, guys. <laughs> it doesn't but, even need research; it's just common knowledge. No, but you can sort of see LeBron having a little exhibition match he, because he's always shooting half court shots at his son's game and, and stuff like that. So, but that makes a lot lot more sense actually that I, I, I tend to sense. normally be on your side here but I, you've, you've really butchered that one haven't you but yeah that's there quite bizarre isn't it and luckily one of us did our research i didn't even do my research you just, just how the tables that, have turned yeah how's that far out what's going on it's uh was there a full moon last night <laughs> um a couple of other pits from me lads former president barack obama will be joining nba africa as a strategic partner yeah uh, he's long been a huge fan and advocate for basketball and it will now be helping establish and grow the brand and i guess really kind of help foster that that basketball culture that africa is really starting to develop there's mm-hmm. so much talent that's come out of there in the last few years even so certainly it's going to be nothing but advantageous to have him on board for that's sure gonna be good. Yeah, and that's... it's great to see him back in the limelight he was it's been downhill hasn't it since he left Trump in yeah. head office. We've got Biden now, who's he's yep. doing okay. But Barack Obama was just the man, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean that's really good from Malcolm Brogdon. But... Yeah, Mr. President, indeed. <laughs> uh, Mike D'Antoni, he will be stepping away from his head assistant role with the Nets. Yep. Um, as reported, or well, sources have told ESPN, he'll be looking to pursue a head coaching role soon. Needs um, it. He's certainly, yeah, he was certainly, I think, well and truly in line, and has so much to offer a franchise. I reckon. You just what what does what players does he work around the best? Does he work around building a young team or a veteran team or like a you know rebuilding team? Where would I like, think a team? he would work best with is players who aren't afraid of the moment just because he's going to give them a license to shoot, a license to play hard, mm-hmm. um, and a license to just run and gun. So I think so probably a, a younger team. With capable stars, though. Yeah, yeah. you've got to be capable. You can answer this question if you know, but there's obviously been a, little, a lot of talk about the NBA implementing the rules to reduce non-basketball moves used to draw fouls. They've done so, according to Shams, but, like, what, what rules do we know? What's the question? Wait, what? So, wait, so what the NBA f- has implemented yeah. the rules to stop yeah. these lousy way of drawing fouls, yep. but what are so the rules? So it's just, like, the, I haven't read the rules as such, but it's exaggerating, say, like, when you're going to jump shoot leaning into an opponent oh, okay. or leaning backwards as Trey does. And, yeah, so really exaggerating movements okay. that aren't within the normal shooting um, mechanics. Okay. There you go. Um, <laughs> last piece from me, Jackson Hayes of the Pelicans was arrested during the week Why? after an altercation with police. Um, this came after there was a domestic disturbance call. Uh, the police officers tried to kind of come in and assess the situation mm. and um, Hayes was having none of it. It resulted in a um, him going to hospital. Mm. He, he was tasered um, and another police officer was put in hospital. Um, Why, what, what happened? So he just refused some entry and that led to a physical confrontation from there um he's been released with a twenty-five thousand dollar bond but investigation's still happening but i tell you what he's sideshow bob he's not someone i would want to um, no, come was... into a physical altercation with that's for sure yeah i don't know how they got him down but geez. imagine being tasered i wonder like i reckon that would suck it's, it wouldn't be pleasant would it i wouldn't have thought so how many volts going through your body at 
Yeah, what is it, 10,000? No, it's no, oh, okay. 10,000 would just but, about kill you, wouldn't well, it? 5,000, is it? Yeah, I probably, know. I don't know. But what was happening at home, do, you, do we know? I, we don't know that. Nothing's been released yeah. as such. But, um, yeah, he was certainly not too keen to uh, allow them entry to mm. assess the situation. We don't want another one of those players on the list that, like, are known for domestic violence. No, there's two. there's been too, too many. many. It's been quite those. a little... Uh, a, cleaner period as of late but uh, hopefully that one can be resolved as soon as possible yep do you guys have anything else from odds and ends do not i've just got a couple of quick points here just real quickly to rattle through on the olympics um the boomers our our aussie faithfuls have started quite well they've been able to knock off nigeria 84 Mm. to 65 followed that up by beating italy 86 to 83 so so far so good steady as she sails uh but the u.s there was growing concerns heading into the tournament after going down in successive games to to us and Nigeria. They lost their opening game to France, eighty three to seventy six, coming off the back of a sixteen to two run to end the game that France went on. Uh, it was their first Olympic loss since two thousand and four, after winning their past twenty five games in Olympic competition. Huge. Now, there's been growing reports that a lot of the players aren't happy with Popovich, that he's just running the Spurs offense, mm. and it's um. I don't know they bounced back quite convincingly, beating Iran 120 to 66. But I don't know if I guess to pose a question out of that point is the US are they going to be gold medalists at the end of the Olympics? Will they be taking out the gold? Do you think? Do you take the US or the field? What's their run so far? So far, so they've they lost to France 83 to 76 and then beat Iran 120 to 66. I think, I think they're. <clears throat> No, because there's not multiple gold medal winners, winners are there. There's only one. What? There's not multiple gold medal winners. <laughs> no, there's gold, silver, and bronze. Yeah, okay, so I don't think so. Yeah. Well, that's the first time I think I've heard that question. Yeah, yeah. so there's only there's only the three, um, gold, silver, and bronze. So. So. You, so you take all the these, field. All these teams um, around the world you think have been um, practising for this moment for a lot of their lives, um, and I don't think... So you need the chemistry. I don't think the US has the chemistry. Right, the field of the US? Um, I tend to agree that it's quite concerning for the US so far. Um, they haven't shown signs that they're a sure thing for the gold medal, even though on paper their team is so much better than anyone else's. Yep. I think there might be another team who pips them this year. I just don't think they're, as Lee was mentioning, their chemistry is just Shot. in all sorts at the moment. And I don't think the FIBA rules that come into the Olympics mm. really suit them either. They play a lot of ISO ball. Um, they don't play... T- much team no. ball as like the Australians do. Yep. Um, and I yeah. know we're being biased here, but geez, I don't think they're a sure thing by any chance. You know who's the team to look out for? I, I tend to think if I was just in answer that to my own question, I would take the field. Um, I think there's mm. the US is good, but there's quite a lot of teams. We've seen France were really competent. Australia, as um, Slovenia. Well, there's mm. there's one Slovenia. Luka Doncic. They're going well. They've beaten Japan. Um, they beat Argentina in their first game, a game in which oh. Luka Doncic had 48 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 blocks, the most points since 1988 where uh, Schmidt, Oscar Schmidt, Oscar, Oscar Schmidt, Oscar the Grouch, the, the trash can uh, dweller. Oscar <laughs> Schmidt's uh, record of 55 points for Brazil in 1988. It's the most points since then. 
Uh, he was just incredibly dominant in oh, his first game at Olympic competition. You forgot to say he did all that in 31 minutes. Yeah, oh, phenomenal and absolutely minutes. phenomenal showing from Ridiculous. him. It's um, I tell you what, like his legend just grows and grows and grows, doesn't it? And I guess for him, uh, I guess the rules are a little more similar to the Euro League, so are, it wasn't, yep. you know, he he was probably the most well-adjusted player as opposed to the US players. Well, the thing is also the umps that uh, umpiring the Olympics aren't as soft as NBA. You see all these NBA players trying Mm. to draw these fouls, which in the NBA would be a foul, no doubt, but they're just saying not not here. I like it. It makes for a a much quicker game, doesn't it? it Like We've spoken about so often how long, especially the last five minutes of an NBA game, go for. So it's wicked to see so much fluidity and... I tell you what, that, that jersey price is just going up and up and up, right? What an investment that was. Um, so brilliant stuff there. Certainly enjoying seeing the Olympic Bowl um, and looking forward to seeing how it pl- plays out. Lads, let's go ahead. Let's look at some of these trades, discuss them, give our hot takes on how we, I guess, the winners and losers yep. from this. Uh, let's start with the first trade that kind of kicked us off. It was the New Orleans receiving Jonas Valanciunas and the 2021 draft picks, 17 and 51. Uh, Memphis then received Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe, 2021 picks, 10 and 40, and a 2022 first-round pick via the Lakers, with that being top 10 protected. Mm-hmm. So, Ro, how did you how did you find this trade? Do you think a particular team won it, or were you happy with it? Um, yeah, I th- I thought that the New Orleans, like initially when I read it, I thought the New Orleans Pelicans won this trade just for the simple fact that we've seen at his best how dominant um, Jonas Valanciunas can be, Um, particularly given um, they've given up um, Eric Bledsoe, who, you know, I don't think is going to be the difference between, you know, many wins and losses. His stocks have fallen a lot in the last two years, haven't they? Yeah, they have. And then Steve Adams, I think, is a good role player, but he has to fit in. Like, I think he fit in perfectly at the OKC Thunder. I just don't know... If he provides too much value at all, um, they have received a few. Um, what was it? The number ten draft pick yep. in exchange, which hopefully they can get someone decent out of. But I think in the particularly in the um, short term, um, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans have, have won this trade. My question is: Do you reckon um, Steve Adams and Eric Bledsoe will remain at the New Orleans Pelicans now? Ah, uh, sorry, the Memphis Grizzlies now, or? Will they be just short-term prospects for for this team? I heard that Eric Bledsoe is yeah. likely to end up with the Sixers. I likewise heard that Bledsoe is on the move. I think yep. Adams will probably stay. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I really think this works for the Pelicans, just because if you've got um, Zion and a big man on the court, like Adams can't shoot. Um, Zion's not much of a shooter. He's just going to be predominantly around the rim. Yeah. But Valanciunas gives you a little more of a stretch option with his mm. uh, greater ability to shoot. Uh, for the for the Grizzlies, though, Valanciunas was such a huge piece to their yeah, success this year. He was, yeah. Uh, him and Jart as that tandem really worked well. Um, yeah, you know, I think offensively now with Adams and Jarrett, it's just going to be a lot of screens, a lot of pick and rolls. Yep. But I, I think it really limits um, what they can do if Adams is on the court, mm. uh, expect, I reckon, to see a lot more, you know, Dylan Brooks, Justice Winslow. Mm. Um, I don't know if Adams will be such a big part of their no. future. Yeah, uh, I think yep. he'll be there for the moment. But for the Pelicans, I think this is a fantastic move. Like, it really does boost what they can do. And getting rid of Bledsoe's contract, 
getting rid of Adam's contract, brought in Valentino, mm. so you've got a little more room to manoeuvre now. Yep. We can't really envision the Pelicans' play style as of yet with Valentunas because they still have um, Lonzo Bowl, which they're planning to... I'm guessing he's leaving. Is that just me? Well, well his name's been in trade talks for so long now, probably every year of his career, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, he's probably on the way out, you would think. Uh, I'll tell you what this does do, though. I think it does, and I think this... They did this trade part, partly because of this, but it does secure Brennan Ingram, I'd say, for at least this season. Yeah, I tell you what, this season almost feels like it's make or break. Um, mm. I would imagine, yeah, players like Ingram and Zion in particular, he's only been with the franchise for a very short stint of time, but probably growing agitated about how they're trending. Um, they're certainly not progressing the way they should. Mm. Uh, I guess... Out of these two teams, because they're kind of intertwined, Zion going one to the Pelicans, Jar two to the Grizzlies. Mm. Next season, which team do you think will perform better? I think um, the New Orleans Pelicans, and mainly because of what Rose said. I think um, Valley Valanciunas was quite a vital cog to. Um, it was probably their one B behind Jar, exactly. wasn't it? Him and Jar were on that kind of really leading that team, and I yeah. do think that. Um, the Pelicans won this trade. I just want to see what the Grizzlies can do with this and what their vision is. I don't really know what their vision no, is. No, it seems well, strange, doesn't it? Like signing Eric Bledsoe, I, I just don't It's a see. starting move, it feels like, yeah. doesn't it, that there's going to be quite a bit more to come for this franchise yeah. uh, in the next, whether it be week, couple of weeks. Um, yeah, you certainly feel as if there's still quite a few moves to be made. Yeah. We've just quickly, the last few years, we've all undervalued the Memphis Grizzlies and they've sort of proven us wrong. But I think next season, as we're mentioning, he's such an important cog that, you know, you can definitely see them dropping a few spots in comparison to the last few years. Um, Jar Morant, I don't think Jar Morant would be overly happy with this, to be honest. No. I think he was very content with having Jonas Valanciunas as his big man option. Having Steve Adams there, probably chemistry won't be there initially, even though Steve Adams seems like a nice <laughs> nice bloke to get along with, but it takes time to work out how these players play, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, wouldn't be surprised if they dropped a few spots next they, year. They would need to have a good vision um, and they'd need to keep Jar in the loop. Also, I think he's... Um, kind of reconsidering where he yeah, should Yeah, you want be. to do right by Jar, don't you? you? You want to make sure you surround him with the right pieces and don't take away the existing pieces that he enjoys playing with. So it's a it's a strange one. Interesting. Very, oh, I guess, should I say, I'm looking forward to seeing what other moves are to be made for both franchises. Mm-hmm. As we said with Londo, potentially on the move. Um, and for the Grizzlies, certainly think they've still got some moves to be made. A couple of other trades here that we'll discuss. Do the next big one. Oh, we'll say that. Do you want to, you want to do I the next get, big one? I think get the big ones out of the way and then we'll just rattle off the littles. Okay, okay. so <laughs> probably, well, by far the biggest trade was the LA Lakers receiving Russell Westbrook, a 2024 second round pick and a 2028 second round pick. The Wizards received Kyle Kuzma, KCP, Montrez Harrell and a number 22 in last night's draft. Yep. Oh, okay. we don't need to. This one shocked me for the simple fact that we don't expect to see these trades happen so early in the off season. Yeah. They they usually left to the very last, last day, this the was, last minute. This was this was just. I, I even still, it kind of feels hard to actually break down and digest this move. Yes, uh, we've yep. now got a big three in LA of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook sacrificing quite a lot of shoot, well, a lot of shooting, and a lot of quality role pieces. KCP. 
Kuzma, whether you love him or hate him, um, he was a uh, competent he, piece. He, he was added a competent to piece. their depth. Yeah, he did. Yep. So, wow, where do we start, Lee? With this move, do you feel better or worse about signing your contract with the Hornets and giving up on the Wizards? <laughs> I could not be more happier. If I had stayed there and just saw that we received Kuzma, um, KCP, Harold. Oh, imagine you, Kuzma being your second piece. Do Ooh. you not think, though, I kind of feel as if for them, like on the Wizards' side, mm. if they're to keep Bill and just say hypothetically stay as they are at the moment with these new pieces... I think they almost will be a better team. I think so. I think it does benefit and, them because I, I just even at the Lakers, I don't. I'll say this now: I don't think Russ is that good of a fit. Yes, I don't mm. think he even was at the Wizards. I think, um, I think the Wizards they don't win this trade, but it, like you said, it will make them better. Well, you think about now, just as we said, if they are to stay as they're currently constructed, you've got Bradley Bill, who's the center point. A centre point, the centre piece of that team. Go check out Indisport. There you go. That's <laughs> I've always got uh, brand exposure and marketing on my mind. Um, they've got Bradley Bill as the centre piece of that. I've nearly done it again. <laughs> the centre piece of that trade. Get yourself together, man. On, pull Come it on. together. Come on. Um, but you think about how much shooting they've got surrounding him now. Mm. In KCP, mm. in Kuzma, in Bertans. Bertans they've, they've got a lot of capable threats on the outside. Yep. They can develop Rui, develop mm. well, who they play, Gafford, quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, I tell you what, I think they're a team that could be could be dangerous. There's still probably a few moves to make for them, but yeah. I really think this trade boosts their potential. Uh, getting young pieces in Kuzma, Harrell, Harrell will certainly be able to fill a role there in their kind of mm. slim centre pickings. Um, and KCP was certainly at times a real anchor for this team in the playoffs. Uh, for the Lakers, though, as a Lakers fan, I didn't know whether to jump for joy or cry in disbelief. Because the real, real big concern, the spacing is going to be horrible. Oh, it's going to take some work. This is the this is the point where Anthony Davis has to play five now. There's no if, buts, or maybes. Yeah. Yep. They yep. can't have those three mm. and then start, say, a Gasol. Mm. No, because no. the shooting will just be... Andre Drummond. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Will be non-existent. Uh, yeah. They really need to play those three. And it's a shame because they need a KCP and a Kuzma, mm. two players who can stretch and shoot the ball. Um, who, who are their shooters now? <sighs> Wes Matthews. Wes Matthews. He's not even a shooter. Um, oh. yeah, he's like he's, a two-way player. No, he's quite good from he's three. A good shooter. Yeah. He's a good three-point shooter. Um, Caruso's going to have to <laughs> knock down Step a few. Tell you what, Horton Tucker will have to continue to shoot away. I, but I don't think it's all doom and gloom no. in terms of depth no. for the Lakers because when you've got a team as they've assembled already, they're, they're naturally going to recruit some of these. Um, we've seen over the last few years that they just seem to recruit players on a on a yearly basis, different and players on a yearly take a, basis. And people will take a pay cut to play with these guys, won't they? Because they know this is a one-stop like destination towards a championship. Exactly right. Not only will they take a pay cut to probably play with LeBron and have a chance at you know getting that chip, but also to play in LA. It's such a destination um, franchise for these players. And I would be very surprised if they went into next season without a plan. I'm sure LeBron's not content with where they're at at the moment. No. Um, he will be on the hunt for um, some more pieces, as he always is. This was the all-in move, wasn't it? Let's push the yeah. chips in and really just go for broke. Well, they have pieces, still pieces to work with. I always forget that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Dennis Schroeder hasn't been traded yet. Not as we speak. And neither has Andre Drummond. Not so as we speak. So they've still got those two. I think 
they're going to have to trade Drummond without a doubt. Well, they're going to have to because their trade mm. bill with LeBron, Westbrook, and AD, I think was, I think the salary caps at 115 million. Yeah. And their combined salary from the three of them was 120 million with the luxury cap kicking in at 130. So they're, right. okay. they're well and truly with those three players, mm. they don't have much room left to maneuver. Um, Schroeder's got to go because, well, uh, Okay, here's a question. Who's who's handling the ball? Is it Westbrook? Is it LeBron? Um, it's Westbrook, I think. Yeah. Um, majority of the time. LeBron LeBron, every single year of his career he's been involved in some sort of facilitation, some sort of ball handling. But I think you're not getting Russell Westbrook in this team to be your shooter. No, I, I, it's no, um, absolutely. He's not. going to be facilitation. He's going to be not a decoy, but I think he's another option to to you know, take the attention away from LeBron and this could AD be his and... big ploy to get to the all-time scoring top, couldn't it? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you're getting Westbrook dishing out fifteen to twenty dimes a night and finding LeBron with you know not having to facilitate, yeah. he can just rack up thirty points a game, no worries. For sure. So this is obviously we tout this this team now as a super team. Yes. Oh, 100%. it already was. Yeah, it was. Okay, yeah. now we've got obviously Russ versus KD and Harden. Yep. And then we've got also LeBron versus Kyrie. It's quite a good good story. Good yeah, you can see the finals match up already, can't you? It was, we were all salivating this season to see this, but yeah. now you had Russ into the fold. Oh. I do, and like the intensity he's going to bring, is it's unparalleled. Yeah. Um, LeBron will love playing with him just yeah. due to his mindset and intensity and want to win. So, And that's the thing. They've got a really strong positive relationship off the court. Mm. Um, I, I think it's going to be super exciting. I'll, I'll say this is great for Russ individually. If for for him himself, if he wanted a chip, I'm sorry, Russ, but he had to go to one yep. of these massive teams. He tried mm. to do it by himself, and even even with other, you know, not not super not superstars, but like Bradley Beal, it didn't work. So yep. he had to go to a super team. Yeah, he needed well, more help. I think. Yeah. I I like this for both teams, and I certainly think there's still going to be quite a few moves uh, to be made. Um, for the Lakers in acquiring maybe another shooter or two. Um, and for the Wizards, whether they keep Bill or not, if they do keep him, I, I, I quite like what they've done. They've put shooters around him. Um, Harrell, they they could be in and around that playoff spot next year, yep. depending. So they've certainly added to their depth, haven't they? It's going to be fun doing a season preview on all these teams, yes, isn't it? This yeah. is going to be electric. I but want, I want Russ to go back to number zero. Yeah. He's not a number four guy. He's not. Even though number four is my favourite number. Four is mine too, yeah. He's number zero. There you go, Ro. We've, Lee and I have given ours. What's your favourite number? 31. What's that? I don't know why that added anything to the <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Uh, we'll move ahead to a couple of other quick trades, lads. The Cavs received Ricky Rubio, a 2022 second-round pick. Bless you, Lee. And Cash. Mm. And the Minnesota Timberwolves received Torian Prince. Um, we're a big friend of the show. We've got many friends in high places. Uh, we won't spend too long on this one, mm. but for the Cavs, I think it's quite handy for the development of, say, Darius Garland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, having yep. an experienced point guard in Rubio to help nurture him yep. um, and come off. Like he looked quite good for the Timberwolves when he came off the bench, steadied mm. the pace. Um, well, who does that for the Timberwolves now? Who's going to do that? Uh, I, I really hope they keep. I know they won't, but keep uh, D'Angelo Russell coming off the bench. Yeah. Having him as a sixth man, if you keep Edwards and Towns, Beasley, um, really running that, that first tier, the, the starters, mm. you bring a player of his calibre, D-Russ, off the bench, look out. But who's going to facilitate 
Because Rubio was a great facilitator for them. That's a very, very good question. One I don't have the answer to yet and something... I reckon they'll get another piece. There you go. That's the thing. With all these trades, there's still a lot of moves to be made. Um, The Phoenix Suns received Landry Shamit. The Nets received Javon Carter and yesterday's 29th pick. Um, not a move mm. that moves the needle too much, but no. God, Landry Shamit gets thrown around like yesterday's washing, doesn't he? <laughs> he he's does. bouncing from place to place, from washing basket to washing basket. Um, yeah, honest, he's, yeah, go on. No, no, please. I just want to say I want to see how Roe feels about this Celtics trade. Yeah, yes, I can, I can tell you if you want. Yeah. So, um, it, it's revolved around Tristan Thompson. So yeah. Tristan Thompson go is a three way trade. Tristan Thompson goes to the Kings. The Celtics get Chris Dunn. Uh, Bruno Fernando and a 2023 20, second round pick, and the Hawks get Dylan Wright. Again, it's not moving the needle no. too much, is it? Um, Tristan Thompson, he was just a bit piece for us, really, who came on for a few minutes here and there. And, and you got Horford now, don't you? Got Horford uh, as the big man. Um, Chris Dunn, oh, early in his career, I thought he was going to be a really good player, and he seems to have plateaued and probably declined um, since he started, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, it's not re- doesn't really impact things too much, I wouldn't have thought. It's not going to keep you awake at no. night thinking about it. I'm really high on D-Lon Wright, though. Are you? But I don't think Hawks is the right place, and they've already got enough guards. He's, yep. he's going to be... But he, he should go somewhere where he can be utilised. I agree. I agree. Uh, another trade here, a couple of quick ones from me. The Hornets received Mason Plumley. And the number 37 pick... Wait, we got Plummels. Yeah. Uh, so this is... <laughs> the, you get Mason Plumley and the number 37 pick. Detroit received the number 57 pick. Yeah. I'm not going to touch on this one. I might um, touch on this a little bit later on. But an odd move for a salary dump. The uh, Detroit have moved down 20 play. They've given up a player yeah. and a draft pick that's 20 positions worse. So they got the 57 pick and they gave up... To, to the yeah, Hornets for 37 okay. just to get off Plumlee's contract. Um, a lot of, yeah, an interesting move there, but I'll touch on that later on. Wait, real quick. I don't hate Plumlee's. I actually don't hate him. I put a couple bets on him last year. Oh, he's they, all right. They got up. He came through He's probably. all right, yeah. He got, a, he got a triple-double. Yeah. yeah. Did he get two? Did he get one? Couple. I know he got one. It's good because we need a centre. He, can, he can't fill that role, but he Better can. than Zeller and Biombo. Certainly it. an upgrade. <laughs> uh, OKC received Derek Favors and a future first-round pick. The Jazz receive a future second-round pick. So um, they've given up a first-round pick there, the Jazz, mm. but they've gotten off Favors' contract. Gives them a little more flexibility in the cap situation. And for OKC, get potentially a backup centre if they look to keep him and get another first-round pick, which is just a disgusting collection now. So This can be added in from me as a little bit of a laugh. You probably saw this. But did you see um, the how the Warriors rejected that trade package? Of Ben Simmons. Do you want me to tell you what it included? Yeah, I saw quite a few trade packages. I did see this one. Tell us. James Wiseman, Andrew Wiggins, and the number seven and 14 pick of last night's draft. Do they think... Do they think Ben Simmons is prime MJ now? Apparently they do because what was the one with the Raptors we were looking at? They wanted from the Raptors. So Raptors get Ben Simmons, um, Philly get oh, Kyle was... Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, and the fourth pick in yesterday's that draft. disgusting. Are you taking the absolute piss? Daryl Morey's having a laugh, isn't he? So, yeah, I certainly... And his, va- his value is not going to be any lower than what it is now. Like, they've really picked a horrible time to ship him out. Mm. Um, but that's the way it goes, lads. Certainly, I expect a lot more trades to break down over the coming weeks. Mm. Uh, none of these trades can officially be finalised till the 6th of August. Um, but, yeah, I expect quite a few more moves to be made, and I can't wait to 
break them down with you fellas. When's the end of trade season? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get back no, to you. So it's not soon, though. No, we've got, okay. got a bit of time got here. Fellas, let's move ahead to the draft recap. Uh, it was a huge night. What I might do, we might I might rattle through the first round. I won't bother with the second round as no. such. Um, and then we can just have a bit of a discussion. Yeah. Okay, I need a need a breath here. I remember so doing this last season. I have an idea. Like, How about you do top 10, I'll do 11 or 20 in row dust. Done. Look at that. Give yourself a break. <laughs> Number one, the Pistons select Cade Cunningham. Jalen Green goes number two to the Rockets. Number three, Evan Mobley to Cleveland. Number four, Scotty Barnes to the Raptors. Number five, Jalen Suggs to Orlando. Number six to the OKC Thunder, Josh Giddy. Unbelievable. Number seven to the Warriors, Jonathan Kaminga. Number eight to Orlando, Franz Wagner. Number nine to Sacramento, Davion Mitchell. And number 10 to the Pelicans, Zaire Williams. Okay, let me go ahead. 11, um, my Hornets have picked up James Booknight, Rose Little Prospect. Mm. Um, 12, the Spurs have picked up Joshua Primo. Or Primo. Um, mm. 13, the Pacers have grabbed Chris Duar- Duarte. 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 Um, 14, uh, the Golden State Warriors picked up Moses Moody. Um, <laughs> 15, Washington picked up Corey Kispert. Um, 16, OKC picked up our Peren Segan, Sengun. 17, <laughs> Grizzlies picked up Trey Murphy. 18, OKC picked up Trey Mann. 19, it said the Knicks did, but my Hornets actually picked up Kai Jones. Nice little centerpiece. Mm. Um, 20, the Hawks picked up Jalen Johnson. few hard pronunciations there. I'll give <laughs> yeah, you a I go tell you, yeah, I'm just looking at yours. You have, might have got stooged up with the worst ones. Have fun with that 23. Jeez, oh, And come the 26. On. Okay, forgive me for these. Um, 21, the Knicks picked up Keon Johnson. 22, the Lakers picked up Isaiah Jackson. Uh, 23, Usman Garuba went to the Rockets. Josh Christopher went to the Rockets also at 24. 25, Quentin Grimes went to the Clippers. Oh, dear. <laughs> 26, Nash, Nashon Highland went to the Denver Nuggets. Not bad. Oh, that was all right. Um, Cameron Thomas went to the Nets at 27. Jaden Springer went to the 76ers at 28. 29, Dayron Sharp went to the Phoenix Suns. And 30, Santi Aldama went to the um, Utah Jazz. Whoa. Excellent. For anyone who's still with us, there's the first <laughs> the first round of the NBA draft. Yeah. Um, Is it just me or did we all forget how to speak reading those? Oh, I know I did. I, yeah, 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 I was yeah. struggling a bit. Um, okay, let's start with the number one pick, Cade Cunningham. Um, who would have guessed? Yeah, we didn't see that one coming. I guess just in terms of um, winners and losers, Detroit were a big winner for me. Uh, not since Grant Hill. Uh, 1988, I believe it was. Yep. Um, have they drafted someone with this much potential and this much upside? Mm. Uh, he's someone, as we've mentioned and used the term, a franchise-altering star. Mm. He has that potential to really give Motor City there some excitement. Yep. Now, you put him with Killian Hayes, uh, Jeremy Grant, Isaiah Stewart, Demboya. They've got quite a nice young core and a place that can really make him the centrepiece but have, have quite good pieces around mm. him to develop. So... You know, we we knew it was pretty well a given that Cunningham was going to go number one, uh, but they did it. You know, once you see his name attached to Detroit officially, it, re- it becomes real. So they were a big winner for me getting him. Who do you think um, Detroit will build around? So it's either Jeremy Grant or Cunningham. Oh, no, it's absolutely Cunningham. Cunningham. Oh, without a doubt. Okay. Like he's going to shit all over Grant Although they'll in be that good, regard. They'll, they'll be a good one-two punch, I reckon. Yeah, Absolutely. certainly. It's good because Grant has had to be the... 
playmaker and just be bold dominant um, for De- Detroit last year at least. But uh, it's good that Kay is going to take some of that mm. facilitating pressure away from him. Did you guys have a major winner out of this, a, a team or a move that you really liked? What, in the draft in general? Yeah. Yep. Winner, loser, what do you got for me? Obviously, OKC won. Let's, <laughs> let's talk that. about that for a moment. I Josh mean, it was too Giddy. obvious, wasn't it? <laughs> now, we, his stocks have really risen quite Quite quickly in the last few weeks in particular. Um, I think I, once they saw him with the Boomers in Vegas. Yep. Number six. I said who would have guessed with Cade Cunningham as a joke. Who would have guessed Giddy goes six? Well, I did. He was touted for... <laughs> you thought top three. I thought top He was touted for 13, I think. He, he, there was fluctuating here and there between mm. somewhere between seven and 14. Yeah. Um, so to go six and to OKC, it really is the perfect franchise for him, isn't it, right? He'll get minutes. He'll get minutes for sure. And him and get... Jay in the backcourt together. Yeah. Then you also forget that they have Kemba Walker. I, yeah. I don't know if Kemba's going to stay. I think he'll be on the way out. But yeah, yeah I think, um, I think particularly that, that OKC team will be building for the future. And I reckon. This is such a good pickup because Josh Giddy will be such a huge part of that future alongside um, SGA. So excited. Oh. I'm just so excited. It's awesome because this, I can't remember what month it was that I first mentioned him and it's been such a long time coming and building to this moment. And he's in the big time now. I was saying to you before the podcast, Nick, and you said it was 50-50, but I found it quite surprising how many OK, or not OKC fans, how many NBA fans weren't happy with Giddy at six. I think they're somewhat sceptical just on there's been something said about his um, NBA athleticism. Yeah. Uh, his shooting has been questionable, so they're a little bit worried about that. But I think it was really – it's not a move that's going to hurt a OKC because over the next six years they've got like 40 first-round yeah. picks. So I think, um, I think Americans are always sceptical of – people who come from a different yeah. league other than college or, or the G League. Yeah. They 100%. probably haven't seen they probably haven't had the exposure to Josh Giddy like we have, but we can attest to the fact that this guy is every bit of a star of the future, I reckon, and I think they'd be very happy with that at pick six. I've got a bit of a trivia question for you lads here. Let's test your knowledge. Uh since nineteen sixty six there's been eight Australians drafted in the first round. Mm. Now, I'll get rid of... Um, how many will I get rid of here? I'll get rid of two. Oh. Uh, Luke Longley in 1991. Yeah. Um, and Chris Ancy in 1997. Okay. There's six others. G- Giddy included. So yep, so three. Giddy. Then you've got Dante Exum. Yep. Boogie Bogut. Yep. Ben Simmons. Ben yep, Simmons. you got two to go in the first round. Um, did, did Paddy Mills go in the first round? Did- I don't know. Matisse Thibault? I'll give you a clue. Yeah. One was in 2020 and the other was in 2011. Josh Green? Yes, there you yes. go. you got one more to go. Yeah. Um, and in 2011, the yes. other one was. Oh, God. Um, what about Bean Paddy? I don't think he was first round, was he? You're going to kick yourself when I say the name too. Mate, that let me think. In 2011? Yeah. Oh, God. Who's he play for now, if anyone? He does play at the minute. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> give, you give it away. I'll say it's in the Eastern, he's in the Eastern Conference now. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, just had a mind blank. Kyrie Irving. Ah, there oh. you go. Mm. So is you, he Australian? Yeah, we 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 it's Australian from- born players. Yeah. So oh, okay. We um, there you go. But well done, lads. Uh, yeah, Josh Giddy. This is fantastic. Can't wait to see what he can do in OKC. And it really is like for him. And again, it shows the quality that the NBL has developed now. Mm. Uh, that pipeline that I keep referring to. Yep. It's just a wicked moment. Um. He's the, he's the whole package. He's going to be great. I can't wait to see. I'm gonna. I think I will have to get an OKC jersey with him on. They're it. already on sale. 
I um, don't. Uh, um, my <laughs> arm's pretty pretty loose to turn at the, the minute. The thing with people asking what Sam Presti was doing, I think were the people who expected them to get someone who could come in and be a number one star. Josh Giddy's not. I don't think he'll be a number one star, but he'll be a great young asset for them. He'll be one of the best players on the team, no doubt. Mm. But you don't want to draft someone to build around just yet. Yeah, and that's it for their purposes. OKC is still probably going to be fighting for those lottery odds. Yeah. Um, with all the draft picks, they, they're, they're in no hurry to just ascend the ascend the rankings. Yeah. Um, I really think this is a wicked spot for him. And he's a guy that you'd want to play with as well. Like He doesn't have any ego whatsoever. Just a very chilled-out guy, very team-orientated, as a lot of Australians mm. are. So I think um, what you'll find is he'll... I'm not saying he'll be like Joe Ingles in the way that he plays, but in the way that he's a teammate, he's very easygoing and um, builds team chemistry and can build that rapport with with the OKC Thunder uh, right from the get-go. He's on top of my list that I'd love to have on to interview. Yes, I've, um, yep. I'm trying to, I guess, source some back doors to uh, get to him. If anyone um, out namely, there is... Namely his sister. Um, oh, right. Uh, I've followed her route. on Instagram. I'm going to um, see if you'd put me in touch with Josh there. What's his um, dad doing? Yeah, what's his dad doing? Great second aunt on his <laughs> dad's first removed cousin. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just Thanks, stoked stoked for this. So fantastic stuff there. This is awesome for him and OKC uh, lads. Let's move ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, another winner for me was the Charlotte Hornets. Definitely, they got Plumley, who is as we said a better center mm-hmm. than Zella and Biombo. They they got a pick out of that that was up twenty spots than what mm-hmm. they were. Yeah. Going to be at 57. They got to 37. Um, they got your guy, right? James Booknight. James Booknight at 11. They really had, there wasn't too much hype around the Hornets coming mm. in, but they, they did well with what they had and raised their ceiling. Uh, I certainly think getting Plumley was probably their best move. Yeah. Just yep. the fact that I know we've mentioned, and Lee, you've mm. kind of agreed with the fact their biggest weakness is their center stocks. Yeah. So, you know, Plumlee's no world beater by any extent, but I think he's a more than serviceable piece. Yeah, and as I was mentioning last week with James Booknight, he's a guy who I think can make an impact right from the get-go. He won't be starting on that Charlotte Hornets mm-hmm. team because they've got Lamelo and um, who else have they got? Rosier. And- yeah. Forget they got scares, don't they? They got scares. Yeah. I think he'll get more minutes than scares, to be honest with you. I think he provides more. Um I don't think you. Oh, I'm not scared. Sorry, um, Devonta. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Devonta. That's um. So, I, I was, <laughs> hopefully, the podcast didn't pause after I said that. No, <laughs> no, you're all right. Um, oh, well, Devonta has to get traded. We got too yeah. many guards now. Give us another centre. A, a who who would be? I good? I don't know. Give someone. Give him Plumley and give him Devonta for a good centre. You know who would be good? Like a Plumley and then a Montrez Harrell off yeah. the bench. On the second unit to really orchestrate mm. on that second unit in the centre position, but scoring as well. Uh, lads, who else did you have as a winner from this draft? Uh, player, team? Um, He was down the rank, and I, I don't even have what he went, but Sharif Cooper, who he I went last 57, year, I think. 57 he was, to the Hawks. I don't know why he went so late. Let me just check that. No, Sharif Cooper, no. Was he 57? No, he was 48. Sorry, I was 48. thinking of uh, my guy Jericho Sims went at 58. He was projected mm. to go like 17. Because I, I, mm. I was thinking that when I was looking I was looking through the list and I remember you saying that yeah. and I saw 48. I was like, are you serious? He must have had a bad like tr- practice try. I know why Jericho Sims with me. Yeah. He dropped, went 58 to the Knicks. Yeah. Um, oof. Um, yeah, that's... So 
So in terms of a winner, I think it's a, I think it's a steal. You think it's a steal getting the Hawks getting Cooper there? Yeah, yeah? great pass. I reckon I'll go with the Houston Rockets, and the main reason is I reckon Jalen Green will yes. be the Rookie of the Year next he, year. He, he will have so much to do for that team, and he'll get so so much exposure to. Um, what the NBA is really like straight from the get-go. Okay, um, went number one and is that big star, but a lot, yeah. a lot of talk. There was a few people in a bubble that thought that Green could go number one. Yeah. Uh, he, and that they has probably the most potential to be the biggest star. To be a superstar. Well, that's yeah. why this draft was so big. If it was another year, he would have gone number one. Yeah. And that, that top three all has massive star potential with Mobley as well. Can you tell me a bit about Mobley? Because I don't know he. Uh like, what do you want to know? What he what he does? What what's he play? He plays center. Yeah, so he's he's a massive, massive man. He's going to um actually, to be honest, just on that, I think the Cavs are getting him. Who's their center at the minute? But they got Jared Allen. Oh, I forgot they've got Allen. Yeah, yeah, that's why okay. It confused me. Yeah, okay. So I I completely so Cavs a team we haven't spoken about in quite a few months since the regular season end. You forget who they've got. I know they've got Jared Allen, but they had to choose Evan Mobley at three. Yeah. Like at some point, you just have to choose the best player on the board. And that's well, that's a big debate with a lot of draft analysis experts and fans. Are like, do you go for the best player available, or do you go for position relevance, someone mm. that you need? Uh, yeah, that makes sense. So it's, it's an interesting one. Um, another a winner for me. Orlando. Of all teams, Orlando yep. came out of this draft a massive winner. They got two quality top 10 players in Jalen Suggs at five, which... They wouldn't have been expecting to get Suggs at five, surely. Uh, well, the the consensus was that Suggs was going to go number four, four to the Raptors. Yeah, yeah. So to get him at five is fantastic. And friends, Wagner at eight. Um, Raptors taking Scotty Barnes. Fantastic player in his own right, but that was a blessing for, for Orlando. It was. Yeah. Uh, Suggs will be a fantastic two-way player, and Wagner will be... Unbelievable on the defensive end. Is France just a better Mo? Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. That's probably. a fair comparison. But they've got, I tell you what, they're young core now. You add yeah. these two alongside mm. Cole Anthony, Markel Foots, mm. um, Bamba. They've got quite a strong young core to build around for the next year or two. Jonathan, oh, Jonathan Isaac. Isaac when he comes back from injury. I want to ask Ro a question if you're done with... Yeah, that was it. Just what, a big winner there in Orlando. Were you, were you surprised when Cam Johnson went so late? Yeah, because I thought when I, well, according to all the mock drafts that I was looking at for Keon Johnson, he was sort of a um, mid-first mid rounder, and I suppose he's gone 21 to the Knicks in the end, so probably a little bit later than I thought. Mm. Yeah, so they, they're probably another winner out of this. I think Keon Johnson's going to be a really valuable player um, for the New York Knicks. Might take a little bit to get going, as I was mentioning a few weeks back. He's got a few weaknesses that need, it, need some work, as a lot of these guys do, but... Yeah, I thought I thought he may be taken a little bit earlier. Speaking of someone who I thought got taken far too early, I say this now, he could prove me wrong, but... I think I know who you're going to say. Pick 12. Yes. Joshua Primo. The Primo youngest Primo. bloke in the draft. Yeah. Everyone was just blown away by this pick. The thought was he'd go deep in the second round. To go number 12, I think the thinking there is that the Spurs have such a great, um, I guess, talent-nurturing environment. Pick the youngest guy who's got a bit of talent, yeah. and hopefully they can develop him. But and they must know something that we don't. That was a huge pick for him. He skyrocketed up. Oh, he did. And That's you look at like some of the names who got taken. Um, below him, Moody. Yep, Moody, Kispert. Kyle um, Jones, Keon Johnson. Yep. The list Trading, goes on and on yep. and on. So an interesting move there. Um, not everyone in this draft could be winners, though. So I've got a loser, and Lee, I don't know how. I've got a couple of losers. I don't know how you're going to feel about my first one here. You saying who? 
The Sacramento Kings. They lost out. Firstly, they lost out on the Buddy Hill trade. Mm. Um, so that was a loss. Mm. But then selected Davion Mitchell at number nine. Why is that a loss? Because after we sp- you spoke about him, I kind of did a little more research. And just from all reports and what I saw of him, he's very, very undersized. Yeah. Um, he's 22 years old as well. So he's certainly in the older side of things. So he looked quite dominant last season playing against the younger yeah. college kids. So his, his stats looked a little more inflated. Uh, and on the offensive side, he's a worry. And the fact that they've already got Halliburton and Fox yeah. in the backcourt mm-hmm. makes me nervous that they've potentially wasted the number nine pick on a backup guard. And I don't know if you guys saw his interviews afterwards. Mm-hmm. Once he found out he was going to Sacramento, mm-hmm. he could not have looked more disengaged if really? he tried. Like He just didn't that. want to answer questions, really? didn't want to have anything to do with it. So uh-huh. they've... Um, it's a strange oh, fit. It's a strange fit. Um, yeah. But then who else? Like, I probably would have gone with James Booknight. So, Even yeah. He's a guard as well. Yeah, but, like, it was quite bizarre just seeing his reactions to going to Sacramento. Like, I he just he, So, it definitely wasn't just shock from from being no, drafted. It was no, actual it was disengagement. Disengagement. Um, so, I think they were a big loser out of this. Mm. Uh, and, you know, if they decide to play small, potentially start him... Fox in the backcourt, play Halliburton as maybe a, a small forward. Mm, don't know about that. Like that. But it's going to be a run-and-gun team if they do that. I think Halliburton and Fox is definitely the better backcourt combo. Put yourself in his shoes. If you were drafted to the Kings and you knew that you were going to be, a, you know, three guards back, just mm. say, what would your reaction be? Would you just be stoked that you'd made the big time or would you want That's... a bit of me-me time straight from the get-go? <laughs> I feel like you'd want a bit of me-me time straight you... from the get-go. Depends your mentality, doesn't it? And I don't know enough about him to... I would I would like a little bit of me-me time just for, for the basis that you've worked so hard for so long yes. to get to that yeah. point. Um, but in saying that, I think once he opens his bank balance, he might feel a little more at ease. Yes. Uh, yes. So they were a loser for me and likewise... It's an interesting one. Mine's a real little catch-22 here. Mine Mm. is the Golden State Warriors immediately. They're a winner potentially in the long term, but immediately they're a loser. Uh, Did well getting Kaminga at seven, a Mm. bloke who we thought could have been around five. Yeah, Um, And Moses Moody at 14. There was thoughts going into this draft that they had the pieces with those two picks, seven and 14, to potentially trade for a star Mm. and really place them with Curry and Clay Mm. um, that was able to fit better with their timeline and give them a real championship um, favoritism to a yep. certain extent. Um, they could still make moves with these assets, Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, etc. Mm. But Kaminga is not going to be an impact player right away for this team. It's a project. He is a project. So in the long term, it might be beneficial. Um, Moody, he's going to be a better player for now in the immediate, but he'll struggle to get time. Well, he'll be playing behind Andrew Wiggins. Mm. So I think they lost out on the opportunity to really – you know, make a big move. Yeah. You know, if you place a, a a quite a competent star with Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Wiseman, you know, they're right back in that in that top echelon of teams. Well, they're in win now mode, aren't they? And so that's it. they they needed to make moves to to ensure that they have as good a chance as possible to win as soon as possible because Steph, even though he'll be valuable to his very last game because he's such a pure shooter and sort of the same thing with Clay Thompson. They're in that window now where yep. they can really make a run at it. I wouldn't be surprised over the coming months if they did look into moves um, Certainly. regarding at least one of these guys. Um, so I think there's still a chance that happens um, and 
you know, they go to trade for someone who can contribute um, to their success straight, straight from away. the get-go. Agreed. Do you fellas have any losers that really just jump off the page at you? I mean, as we were mentioning before, at pick, at pick 12, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's necessarily a loser, but it was just such a, sh- such a shock given some of the names on the board and Primo could come back to, to haunt us. <laughs> he may be, you know, one of the next stars. You just don't know, but it was such a strange pick. And I guess from that perspective, from the oddness of the pick, that they probably are a loser to a certain extent. Pick 12 is still a decent pick in a, in a strong draft. You, there's plenty of options there, but... There, yeah, there can never really be any losers because every every team that picks a player has a vision for the player. You know? That's a very mm. diplomatic answer, isn't it, from Eli? I've been very wise this episode. Oh, very wise. Very <laughs> very non-committal. Um I don't, I don't know about the Raptors taking Scotty yeah, Barnes. that was a bit odd. I think they lost out on the chance for getting Suggs, mm-hmm. a really, really quality two-way player. Where's uh, Scotty Barnes? What position? He's, he's a forward. Um, so you've ex- maybe Siakam, there's been rumours he could be on the move. Warriors was yeah. one that was mentioned. Yeah. So that, you know, still watch this space. Even more so with Suggs, though, because Cole Lowry's probably going to leave. Mm. Um, so, you know, having Jalen Suggs to fill that role alongside Fred Van Vliet, who we don't, still don't know if he's he's going to be there yep. super long term. So, yeah, I think Jalen Suggs would have wanted to go to, to Toronto. Fellas, is there anything else you want to add to the draft? It's, I want to get your thoughts just oh, quickly. Please. We haven't had a chat about this guy at 22. Isaiah Jackson, have you looked into him much or not? Not really. Well, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I haven't. Um, okay. uh, I haven't, and that's largely due to the fact that he was um, part of that trade to the Wizards last night. So he's he's not going to be a Laker. Oh, okay. He, he's yes. he's yep. out of there. Um, so I haven't looked too much into him. Um, no. That's yep. that's if, fair, if he that's was going to the Lakers, I, I would have. Um, but And you think if he went to the Lakers, would he get much no, playing time? No. Probably not. No. It's, um, it was a fantastic draft, though. It was really awesome. There's a really strong class. Um, the top five in particular. No, Scratch that. We're going to say the top six now top with six, how it unfolded. Yes. <laughs> the top six has a lot, a lot of potential. Um, so-called draft experts have said that this draft has the potential to be the best draft since 2003. So yes, take that for what you will. But there's a lot of really incredible talent in this draft. Going in, pick six. Going into the next season, we'll do our initial awards predictions. But just at a glance, now that we've seen where they're going, Who's your pick for rookie of the year? Just off the Tell off the, off the head, Lee. Give me a um, name. I'll go. There you go. Jalen Green, Houston Rockets. I reckon he is. I don't know if he'd be favourite or if Kay Cunningham would, but I reckon he's going to get the most minutes, most exposure. I think he's ready to perform out of the blocks. On, I said just a quick answer, but just quickly on the Rockets. I said this the other week, and I was speaking to a couple of people while I was at work. Um, I actually quite like where they're at. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind Just it. in the terms of their rebuild, rebuild like yep. they yep. were to move on from Wall and get some assets back or a player or mm-hmm. whatever the kind. If they keep him, though, they've got Jay Sean Tate, Kevin Porter Jr., now Green. Yep. They've got Wall. Hope, yeah, Wall. You've got Clayton Oliver if he stays from the Taipans in his little run. Um, they've got quite a few nice pieces that could um, – pieces to build around in a team that they're certainly not going to be a contender. That's not what I'm saying. But I think they've they got could – upside. They could potentially cause a few problems for teams trying to get into the playoffs next season. They're not going to be an easy beat for sure. The thing with them now is they'll be such an explosive team. 
Yes. Kevin Porter Jr. with Jalen Green. And if they keep John Wall, they're some of the most, well, those two alone are some of the most explosive guards in the league. Mm. Yep. Mm. Uh, my pick, and it's really taken, uh, I, I just want to say Josh Giddy because I've, I've ridden this horse. Uh, why not? I've come this far. I'm going to. I'm going no, to say Josh Giddy. Make and- a make a head pick, but make a heart pick as well, because I think Josh Giddy's your heart pick. <laughs> I think the heart speaking over the head. Even though I think he'll be right up there, I think he'll be performing nah, well straight. From the let's Rico. let's go. I'm going to say head and heart, Josh Giddy. Head just, and heart, just because yeah, like OKC, that. as we said, they're not in a position where they have to win, and so yeah, he's going yeah. to be given. Like who knows what will happen? They might decide to sit. Shea, like they didn't shut down all their good players this year. He's going to get mm. a lot, a lot of opportunity on the ball. Um, he's going to get a lot of chance to kind of feel out the NBA and to express himself. And just with the kind of flair he has in his passing, um, yeah. I think a lot were like saying that he's probably the best passer in the, in this draft class. Yeah, he is. So yeah. I think he's going to have a lot of highlight plays that you know people are drawn to. People mm. that gains attention, you know, on. Um, clutch points or whatever site on social media. He'll get quite a lot of attention mm. um, and being international as well. Uh, so I, I, it is a biased opinion, but it, I feel there's some logic behind it. And, no, there is. Uh, yep. This horse isn't dead yet. I'm going to keep flogging it. <laughs> and I'm going to go with Cade Cunningham purely because mm. he's going to Detroit as that number one man. Mm. He's got a good piece around him in Jeremy Grant, which I think will help his case. Um, so, yeah, Cadey boy. It's going to be so... Interesting and difficult, I believe, doing our season's standing predictions for next so season because hard. there's so many teams that like who were bottom dwellers this year, but yeah. there's things that you're like, okay, Detroit, if it all comes together with these yeah. young pieces, or Houston, if it comes together, there's a there's a pathway that yep. you can see them being mediocre or, yep. or semi-decent. Well, the key example was when we did it at the start of this season, we had New York Knicks in the bottom mm. four. And all of a sudden, they'd, you know, what, they finished four or five in, in the I have once again Memphis at the bottom of mine, yeah. 15th? You just yep. you can't predict it too much. Is, so will next week's episode be us reviewing that and also our season awards? We, we, no, we're going to start um, – we're going to do our season recaps – we're going to start breaking down the East and West. Look at how our gradings went. Yeah, that's what I uh, Oh, I thought you meant um, predictions no, for next season. Anyone. Yeah, we're going to start breaking that down. So we're going to... And awards, our awards that we did. We can, we, we can have a quick look at them. We're going to have a lot to lot to break down. Do we, here we go off the head while we're on air. Do we want to start with the East or the West next week? East. Well, let's start with the East. Excellent. We that's, have to make decisive decisions in this um, team. We, we do. We've so, been talking for 10 years. So, absolutely. Yeah. So that's going to be awesome. We're going to... Um, I think there might be a few, uh, might be a few interesting heated discussions. Mm. I hope a couple of people trying to justify where they went right, where they went wrong. Yeah. Um, mm. Certainly looking forward to that, guys. It's been a massive week, as we said. You know, draft day yesterday for NBA fans. It's pretty much the equivalent of Christmas Day. Uh, I know I was somewhat disappointed at work, but trying to keep up with the news, and I know you fellas as well. I mean, I, I hid in the toilets and went to watch it. <laughs> oh, God, hopefully your employer uh, yeah, isn't listening uh, you to You haven't um, Do we have to spilled the name of our, our podcast to your employers, have they? Have, Did they tune in? Oh, you got to watch the draft. It happens once a year. You, you might be able to watch on his lunch break. I was about to say, you might be able to watch a lot more action once you get fired. I <laughs> know, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Guys, a big thank you once again for all the continued support. Um, you know, continue to like, subscribe. Subscribe, share, bloody, bloody, blah, all the rest of that good stuff. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. Massive episode in store next week as we kind of recap the Eastern Conference, our season uh, predictions. So that's going to be a, a hot little episode. Mm. So looking forward to that with you gentlemen. Uh, there'll okay. probably be a couple of trades during the week that we can quickly have a look at as well. 
So I'm looking forward to chatting with you guys next week. Just quickly off the top of the scone. Off the top of the scone. Scone. What what <laughs> what is one trade or one player that you'd love to see um, happen throughout the week? Okay. One player uh, be traded. Uh, uh, Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill. I'm uh, not sure to where. Uh, I saw potentially there was uh, a, a Celtics rumor with Bill okay, um, I'm, that would include. I think it'd have to include Jalen Brown. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think Bill, we spoke about the Wizards before. That would be an interesting one. I think if he stays in Washington, there's mm-hmm. got a decent team around him. Um, but if he moves and they fully embrace that rebuild, um, get as much from him while they can. I like that. I wouldn't mind seeing Lonzo get traded mm-hmm. elsewhere. I think his time in New Orleans has probably come to an end. Yeah. And mine's not that exciting, but I I just want to see Hassan Whiteside utilised somewhere Where else. Where is he? Oh, I miss him. Where is he? Is he? Yeah, and he's the third. Oh, there you go. And he's yeah, like to, three minutes ago. You see, we're gonna, I can't wait to recap this season because players like that you just forget, yeah, don't you? So, you do. Guys, it's going to be a massive week, a massive episode in store next week. We can't wait to break it all down with you then. Love you, bye.